WMUN, all kinds of people, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz, getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana, in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Good, good morning, everybody. I hope everybody's doing well as we go through another round of all kinds of people. And I am delighted today to have Roy Weaver in our studios. Roy, welcome to all kinds of people. Thanks, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for making the way out to Woof Boom. Um, I, I got to jump into something. I tried my best to bring a piano into the studio today, but we couldn't get it into the booth. But um, relive for me the moment of your one concert as you really were focused on becoming a concert pianist a few years back. Thank you. Yes, yeah. I, I had uh, studied piano for several years okay. with a gentleman called uh, John Paul Cyberling, not, right. not a tire guy from the family <laughs> tires. He had studied with a famous Polish musician, Wanda Landowski. Okay. And I had performed uh, one concert, was working on a second one. And what age did we start tinkering with the piano? Do you? I started uh, when I was about seven. I heard a Tennessee Henry Ford's 16 tons <laughs> and 16 played tons. it in the basement on a piano. <laughs> and so that was the start. Um, I had I was in high school and I got uh, I was an adolescent rebellious adolescent at the time yes. and every time someone in the family come home at our place they'd say oh Roy what are you going to play us and um, I bailed out uh, and uh, I just quit everyone thought I'd go on to study music at the university and I didn't you didn't and I was a bit impulsive and rebellious at that time. Uh, otherwise, if I'd stuck with it, I probably would have been playing with the Rolling Stones today. And, and no desire in retirement to make a comeback on the piano? Well, I have a music synthesizer. I'm, I have a piano. I'm toying with writing some music. I've got a, uh, a humorous country western song I'm trying to wrap up right now. So, <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> we'll try and get your recording studio thing <laughs> to get it all done and put together. That'd be cool. And do you recall during your days pursuing the bachelor's and master's degree at Ball State if you were headed totally in the direction of teaching? I mean, was that just... Not, not really. Uh, in, in retrospect, I wish I would have thought more about music. Uh, I, I was going into my sophomore year, and they wanted you to declare a major, and I hadn't yet. And I simply looked at my transcript. I thought, well, I have more hours in English, and I kind of liked it. Okay. And so I decided I would be an English teacher. Uh, in retrospect, I kind of regret that I didn't explore something else then. 
but uh, but you're exploring it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just find that quite fascinating. Thank you. And then on to IU um, to lock up the other degree. Right. And um, then off to high school teaching. I well, I taught at uh, Muncie Central High School. Right. For four years. Yep. My first year was in Kettering, Ohio, Vermont East High School. Okay. And taught English. Yes, and okay. speech. And wanted to get involved in music at high school? Uh, not really. Not really. Uh, again, I regret that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You've but got this uh, music going in you. we got to get you right, involved at WMUN. That'd be cool. There you go. I know. <laughs> That'd be very good. Um, I was quite intrigued by the fact that you sort of unplugged and headed to the West Coast. Right. Um, good opportunity? It's called a job. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had uh, a wonderful professor at IU, a gentleman named Harold Shane, who was connected with a couple of deans, one at uh, Texas Tech in Lubbock, the other one at uh, University of Southern California. Okay. And so I, I got an interview at USC first, and I loved it, and so I stayed there. I was there five years at the University of Southern California. And teaching? Yes, okay. as a professor in curriculum instruction. Okay. Taught graduate classes. Graduate classes, mm -hmm. okay. And then um, you said goodbye to the West Coast. Right. To head back to Muncie. Right. And started, um, I think the word on the street is that there was somewhat of a unique thing or approach to how you got to become the dean. Yeah, I had never had any... Um, I'm not suggesting anything illegal. But no, 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 but no. I had never had any great interest in being an administrator. In fact, I had no administrative experience. Okay. There was an opening for the associate dean in about 1982, something like that. And there were a couple of applicants, and I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and try. Uh, but I also thought, you know, without any experience, none as an administrator. The chances are not good. What happened, though, was the first person who was offered the position had planned a trip abroad with his girlfriend. And the dean at the time said, well, if you want the job, you'll take the job and not go not on cool. the trip with your girlfriend. That person decided to go on the trip with the girlfriend. So he looked at the second person who had uh, applied for a grant to help uh, do some renovation at Burr's Lab School. Okay. And this was the time when actually there was a proposal to close the lab school. Oh, really? In fact, in the Muncie Star Press, there was a sh short piece once that uh, said the school was going to close. So the president of the university was unhappy with this person's trying to get a grant to renovate the school when the university is trying to close it. So mm. I was offered the job. And I always thought, it, it, you know, in retrospect, uh, if you don't think you're going to get the job the first or second time, it doesn't really matter. If you are persistent and you do get the job, then show them they were wrong. They should have chosen in the first place. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Work hard to show them. <laughs> and did you have a sense that you just wanted to get back to Muncie? I left in part because uh, at the time... Uh, had two daughters who would walk to school, and you'd pick up the L L.A. Times almost any day 
back then. And you'd read about, as a part of gang initiation rites, okay. a gang would drive into the suburb and gun down a third grader walking from school. And where I lived in Glendale, uh, while I was teaching off campus for USC at a center in Washington, D.C., I got a call that a Chicano gang had driven into the park where our kids were playing and fired six gunshots into the air. So as a result, I uh, decided I need to get out of there. Okay. So back to That was the primary reason for leaving. It's a little frightening. Safety and security and uncertainty, worrying every day when you go to work or if you're out of town uh, about the safety of your children. That was the primary reason. I liked L.A. I liked my job. It's very interesting, but I I couldn't handle the emotional part of that. That would be pretty tough, I think, especially with kids involved. And then at Ball State, 10 years as the associate dean, and then finally, boom, became the dean. Well, there's a little bit of story between that. I I aspired to be a dean after I became associate dean. I was associate dean for 10 years. During that time, I literally interviewed for over a dozen dean's jobs. Um, I, I was a finalist at Clemson, Texas Christian. But coming into this, uh, you didn't want any part of being a dean. Yeah, but I had 10 years of experience by then. <laughs> <laughs> so I really wanted to be a dean. And uh, so that's a part of the story. I, I interviewed over a dozen places and finally got the job at Ball State. Okay. So the applications are going all out, and uh, then the opening came at Ball State, and we're going to come back and talk some more with Roy Weaver after this uh, break to find out what happened during the 16 years he served as dean. We'll be right back with Roy Weaver. WMUN's All Kinds of People with Dr. Joe. Welcome back, everybody. We're with Roy Weaver on today's program. And as we were heading into break, Roy was sending out applications across the country to become a dean and bang, landed at Ball State and took the deanship and was there for 16 years. Yeah, I was I was associate dean at Ball State right. while I was applying for these right. positions, but then an opening occurred here, and I applied and got the job. And looking back, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I guess I think the education system has changed considerably, and training of teachers has changed considerably. What are some things that pop into your mind during those years as dean that I mean, you got involved in several, I think, unique programs uh, related to teacher education, um, some special education. What are some things that you would kind of pinpoint as highlighting some of the things that you accomplished? Well, I think you misphrased something when you say that I accomplished. I never accomplished much of anything. I, it, I understand you always Here's, here's my credit. view, but I, yes. was, I was very fortunate to be surrounded by uh, creative risk takers 
okay. who were willing to make mistakes. Uh, I had a, a perspective that if somebody comes to you with an idea, regardless of how outrageous and undoable it probably is, you never say no. Yeah. You say, let's talk about it. Let's think about so it. So you were a facilitator. Yeah, I'd like to think that. Of I, innovation. In other words, I had no talent and no knowledge. <laughs> uh, that may be Not much to, to contribute. Extreme. I was just a nice guy who would bring people together who could do things. Sort things out. But, but I always felt like that. I was very forged that way. Uh, you take, for example, we were one of the first institutions in the country to do electronic field trips. Uh, we did that for about 13 years where we would go on site and work with uh, different museums. Okay. Uh, Air and Space, uh, the Holocaust Museum, Baseball Hall of Fame. We literally, this was back in the day that where we didn't have iPhones. You and had satellite trucks. And, and those giant. field trips would provide educational materials. Exactly. It took, us a, it took us almost a year to put them together because we involved teachers and, and children, students in the creation and and experts. Um, Somewhat the start of online learning, thank you. Right, in right. A, in and, a way. and we had a, a huge grant from Best Buy and Corp that uh, supported that work for many years. Okay. And so that, that's one of the things. It was, it was uh, we sat in the uh, Natural History Museum one day in D.C. talking to someone about, uh, you know, the public funding of those museums. And I said, well, I worked in LA and I said, how many families from Watts have been to the Natural History Museum in DC in dead silence? And I said, well, what, do you, what would you think about the idea of our, our working on a way through technology to make the museums accessible uh, to children around the world? Yep. And that was the basis of that. And uh, uh, so that's that's that was one of the innovations that I was really happy with. Another one that's had uh, significant implications over time was we were one of the first colleges of education in the United States to require of all teacher education majors a laptop computer. Okay. Uh, we chose to go with Apple. We had a wonderful relationship with Apple for many many years. Um, and what was instrumental about that decision was it was more about, in a way, getting the faculty to learn how to use the technology in teaching than it was teaching the students to use the laptops. Okay. Because, and what I'm saying here <laughs> is that we are one of the largest providers of online graduate education in the nation. Right. Uh, the autism program, for example, has somewhere beyond 2,000 master's degree students around the world. The infrastructure that enables that to happen uh, was spawned in large part by making sure that all the faculty were introduced and could use the technology, the technology to make it all early happen. on. So we've been at this for a very long time, and, and that's another thing that I'm very proud of. But again, it, it took negotiating with faculty and faculty deciding that they would use it. it so it's not a matter of my saying, we're going to do this. So, But it is a matter of you taking some leadership on and selecting some people to facilitate a program. Thank you. Well, yeah, but if nobody said, yeah, we'll do it, <laughs> I'd still be standing <laughs> looking for somebody. Well, so so the, the nice thing over time in, in, in that kind of culture is people learn it's okay 
to suggest things and they become very comfortable. So o over time, it's very easy to get creative ideas people when they know they'll be heard. Yeah. And if it's a great idea, they'll be supported. And so I was very, very fortunate in that regard. Um, the creation of the Indiana Academy for Math, Science, and Humanities. Yep. I was not really involved in initial work on that, but as dean over the years, I was responsible for supporting it. And I think it was one of the grand ideas that we had at Ball State and it has, has made a significant contribution to Indiana schools uh, through professional development of teachers at other schools, but also providing an opportunity for students, largely inner city and rural students, who didn't have access Open to- Open the doors to more people yeah, all the time. Yeah, didn't have access to the level of challenging curriculum that they deserved. Yeah. I think many of your programs did that, and I'm, I'm still going to come back and say, while you're not allowing yourself to take credit, so to speak, you were at the helm of the things that could have said no to some of those things, but you allowed them to move forward and with some very good success, which I think is very important. Well, very important. Thanks, but. Uh... <laughs> and as you do those things, by the way, you spent the last 14 years on a project. Yes. That I'm, I'm just quite intrigued by because I've, I've not written a book myself. Thank you. Um, Dave Sullivan and Sean Striver and you have collaborated on a book. Right. It's called uh, Running Against the Grain. Okay. The story of Philadelphia Eagle and movie star Timmy Brown. Okay. Timmy Brown was a Ball State uh, graduate. He played for Ball State in 1955 through 59. He was drafted by Vince Lombardi at the Packers in Lombardi's first year coach there. He actually played one regular season okay. game and was uh, dropped from the team and picked up by the Eagles. Uh, Timmy was the first player in NFL history to run two kickoffs back in a single game for touchdowns. Uh, he was a three-time Pro Bowl player, but he was also in the MASH TV series. He was in the MASH movie, the movie Nashville. He was a model for Bonson Th Bot Botany 500 and Janssen Swimwear. He was sports commentator for several episodes of with Howard Cosell and Dan Devine. So, Roy, how do we go from being a pianist to being a tennis coach to being a dean of a school to all of a sudden devoting 14 years into research of this person? I'm a slow writer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's, that's a long story. Uh, but but uh, uh, I met Timmy Brown at a reception I hosted in Palm Springs, and he was he was full of all kinds of incredible stories, and so uh, that became the basis okay, for it. Okay. Okay. And it can be purchased online through Amazon.com or Books a Million or uh, Barnes and Noble, but it's available now. Okay. And then the title again? It's Running Against the Grain. The story of Philadelphia Eagle and movie star Timmy Brown. Interesting coming up this week. You've got a team playing that way, so um, maybe the Eagles will get a little bit more notoriety. With Let's that. hope so. I know. That would be very cool. Um, I, I guess I'm kind of curious to know, you've got the Distinguished Alumni Award. You've got the Teachers College Career Achievement Award. You've picked up several other recognitions along the way, and I know uh, you'll divert that from yourself to work with others, but um, 
What's a good lasting memory for the years you put in at that teacher's college, do you think? I treasure all the interesting things we were able to do and the impact they had on others and greatly appreciate all the people that made it happen. The people who came together with ideas, they were dedicated, committed, willing to take risks. Uh, I treasure those memories. Along with your leadership, don't forget. I mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to facilitate. <laughs> that became important during that time, I would think. Nothing happens without others. I know. I know. And that was so important to me. This has been most enjoyable, everybody. Roy Weaver, uh, former dean of the Teachers College at Ball State, and um, we just had a very good chat. And, Roy, I really appreciate you coming by to spend some time with us today. It's been a pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you'll tune back in to all kinds of people, and I hope you all have a good upcoming week. Thanks for tuning in.